You're listening to the Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I vomited last night. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I literally vomited. I threw up. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. The happy hour here on 93.7 The Ticket is still I, Rico, and it is Austin sitting across from me as Nick is possibly on a boat right now. I think it was like two hours he sent a picture of the lake. Looked gorgeous. It's it's a beautiful day to sit on a boat. So I'm jealous of him. But I'm pretty sure he's on a boat right now. If not, just sitting around doing nothing. Which is pretty nice. Again, congratulations to him on graduating and getting his promotion. But he is not here. It is I and Austin on the happy hour, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting. Uh, you guys can join us on the Sardaham Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Like, subscribe, follow everything on those on those websites. And uh, we will thank you personally. Not each one of you, but personally on this radio show and all the radio shows, we will say thank you. So thank you to everybody that has, and thank you to everybody that will. Or if you follow and send proof, tweet at us, and we will say thank you. I will say thank you. I'll give you a nice, crisp, electronic high five. Yes. It'll be great. It can be in emoji form or in uh, gift form. Maybe both. Potentially. If Possibly you're, if you're, both. If you're lucky. If you, if you if do I'm, all four. If I'm feeling feisty, I might give you both. If we see the Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter follows. Whew. I personally will give you the emoji and the gift high five. That's my. You get to both you. if you do all that, and then you follow Austin and I on Twitter. There you go. That's at, all you have to do at Austin underscore Orman, right? Yes, sir. And mm-hmm. at Radio Rico AC. I'm still hoping to get Rico on the radio from some guy that has it that hasn't tweeted in quite some time. Because uh. I don't think he has. So I'm waiting for uh, Mr. Musk to. Uh, take those people's Twitters down. What so you do can, is you tweet at Elon. It. He likes the attention and say, hey, this guy hasn't tweeted. Care to boot him? Yeah. Can you get rid of him so I can have the name, please and thank you? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter and Elon, uh, he tweeted out about an hour ago that uh, Twitter Blue subscribers can now upload two-hour-long videos. So that's a thing. Don't know why you would need to do that, but if you subscribe to Twitter Blue, now you can so if you have a movie that you want to post on Twitter that's under two hours, <laughs> go ahead, I guess. I looked this up during break just because I wondered what types of movies people would post. Mm-hmm. Um, this is according to IMDb. The top five movies under five hours long, or under two hours long. Top five, sorry. Okay. Number one, Silence of the Lambs. Which just I, clears the bar. There's no like I still don't believe that that's under two hours. There's no way. 118 minutes apparently. Number two is Whiplash, which I have never seen. Neither have I. Number I three is Coco. It's a great movie. Not seen it, but heard good things about it. You make me un poco loco, un poquitito loco. It's a great movie. It's fantastic. Number four, King's Speech. Haven't seen it. Heard good things. It's a good one. Number five, Usual Suspects. Haven't seen it. Also haven't seen it, and I feel like the text line is going to let us have it for that. Rounding out the top ten is uh, five animated movies. Toy Story 3 comes in at number six. That's a good one. Up at seven. That's, man, both of those, Fantastic. Will you, those will make you cry. One in, the, one in the first five minutes and the last one in the last ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, How to Train Your Dragon, the original, at number eight. Mm, what year did one. that come out? 
2010. Dang it. Really? I would have thought it was more recent than that. I don't. But yeah, 2010. I've seen the other. Well, I saw the second one. I don't know if I've seen the third one. I haven't seen any of them. Second one's good. Hmm. Second one, also sad. Shocker. Number nine, Inside Out. Mm. Fantastic movie. That one, uh, and number 10, The Incredibles. Inside Out hits you directly in the heart, one of those scenes. Multiple scenes. Yeah, just the one. You know which one I'm I, talking about. I know about. the one you're talking about. That one, I can't. It makes me cry. Still, <laughs> to this day. There are two movies. There are two animated movies that will make me cry no matter how many times I've seen them. Inside Out and Princess and the Frog. Not seen Princess and the Frog. That one, mm, you got to watch it, and you'll know exactly what scene I'm talking about. It'll punch you in the stomach, put a frog in your throat, and then rip the tears out of your eyes. It'll do Does it. the frog go in your throat only if you see the movie in 3D? No. Okay. Some other uh, sub-two-hour movie options, Sandlot, uh, Alien, Reservoir Dogs. I, I don't, Sandlot, there's no way Sandlot's under two hours. It's under two hours. I don't believe it. Remember the Titans? No way that's under two hours. Dunkirk. That's one I wouldn't have guessed. That's, that's a, a Christopher Nolan movie. That's a good one. Uh, like, no talking, but a good one. My favorite non-animated one on this list, though, Argo. Never seen it. It is fantastic. Oh, wait, have I? What's that one Fantastic. About? It's uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Brian Cranston. No, it's uh, the Iran-Contra affair, and they're getting the hostages mm. out. Yeah, no, haven't seen that one. Wanted to, didn't. Dude, it was so good. Have you watched... Uh... Oh, what's it called? It's the one where they're uh, it's World War II and they're trying to get the paintings. They're not uh they're not really fighting anybody. Like they're in the war, but they're there to get like art artifacts. I cannot remember what it is called though. Monuments Men? Yes. Have you seen that? No, but I've heard pretty good things about that it. That one's good. It makes my, my wife massive massive fan of the arts. Mm-hmm. It makes her so upset because <laughs> like uh the 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 Nazis and, and Hitler stole all of this artwork from all over and then just like put them in these bunkers. And when they realized that they were not going to win, they just burned all of them. Oh, no. So there's so much like artwork that just gone. Yikes. And it makes it makes my wife so like mad and sad at the same time because she's like, there's like, I'll never be able to see any of this historic artwork like you see in books. And it's like. It could have been stolen by somebody and somebody could have it hanging in their bathroom or it could have been burned, which also was weird, like things that were stolen and then just like random people have them. See, that... And they don't even know. Like, uh, yeah, I saw the other day on, on uh, the Internet that there was a painting used that was in like a props department for some like um, for, for the for movies in Hollywood and they were just using it as a prop and somebody saw it, noticed it. Realized that it was some like historic art piece from way back in the day, and it had been stolen and just passed around, and it ended up in a props department in Hollywood. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it was just they were just using it as a prop. They were just hanging <laughs> above a fireplace, and they're like, "Yeah, this is just the painting that they have in their house for some for some comedy." <laughs> <laughs> it's wild that things can be worth that much and have that much historical significance, and we just don't know where it is. Sometimes just no idea. Yeah. Like some sometimes they're just like, oh yeah, this painting's been stolen for like twenty five years. We've just been using this fake one until we can find it, mm-hmm. and nobody's How? noticed. How? <laughs> How? What are uh, we doing as a society? It's ridiculous. Uh, Bach throws out Princess Bride. That's a that's a good movie. Solid movie. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. One of my all time favorites. 
It's up there. Shout out to Andre the Giant. The DVD version, if you look at it right side up, it obviously says Princess Bride. If you flip, you flip it flip around, it says Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Mm-hmm. I think it's the one I have. That blew my mind. Or maybe the first I got time this, I saw that. I think I got the like special edition one that was like purple. It was for whatever anniversary one. Mm. It was great. Watch that every once in a while because it's just fantastic. I love that it's a kid movie too. Yes. You know what? I'm going to see if we can watch that tonight. I think we're going to try and watch Princess Bride tonight. Heck yes. Do it. All right, talk to the wife when I get home. <laughs> First, I got to get my car back. But that's the story for another time. We were going to talk about recruiting. I think we can hit on it a little bit, mostly because it's kind of been beaten to death. Uh, Dylan Riola not coming to Nebraska. He commits to Georgia. Everybody's talked about it. Everybody's sad. Everybody's upset. Everybody get your feelings out about Dylan Riola. Whatever you want to do, go ahead and do that, I guess. But please be nice. Um, the number one quarterback in the 2024 class chooses to go to Georgia as they already have a quarterback in the 2024 class that shows that he is either not afraid of competition or has been told something that he's going to be uh, getting that job over him. I don't know. I'm not going to to try and guess it. I'm going to say that he's not afraid of competition, though. That's, that's going to be me. Um, where does Nebraska go after losing out on the quarterback, the player that they spent so much time and so many resources on. They sent the entire coaching staff down to Arizona multiple times to, to meet with him, to talk with him, which you know led to them not spending as much time focusing in-state on a quarterback, Daniel Kalen, who commits to Missouri. Maybe that cut into some time for some other recruits as Teddy Rezac, a linebacker at Omaha Westside, gets swooped up and taken to Notre Dame uh, this past week. Uh, where does Nebraska, where do you think Nebraska is going to go from here? Do you think they, they look at another quarterback or are they comfortable with what they have right now? My guess is they try to find a way to take one in the 24 class, but it might be a, a high upside, low floor, maybe never hear his name again type of guy. Mm-hmm. I know they have Kamari McClellan coming in soon uh, out of Alabama. Don't know anything about uh, the young man. If, if they seem to like him, take a shot on him, great. Maybe he develops into something, but a, a lot of the, the best, quarterback prospects are committed at this point so i don't know what there is to work with so what you do is either you take a you know a lottery ticket type of guy and say hey we'll see if we can work with him see if he develops into something if he does hey look at us we did it great this is all our development and our identification if he doesn't work well hey we were rushed uh we spent all this effort on Raiola a little bit on danny kalen didn't have much to spread around everywhere else Mm -hmm. you can take that approach the other approach is you have jeff sims you better hope he stays healthy <laughs> and for two years. Very important. But more so than, you know, going around the country to recruit a quarterback for 2024, what Nebraska's got to do is get back to the drawing board and get back to the weight room. That's going to be the best way to make sure you don't miss out on a prospect like this again. Mm-hmm. If, you know, you make sure your schemes are rock solid, if you make sure you have great situational awareness that all the tiny details are buttoned up and, you know, you're in good physical shape as a team, hey, you're going to win six games next year. You'll win eight games the year after that, 10 the year after that, nine, 10, nine, eight, whatever it is. Just hopefully you just bounce between there and maybe get up above that, but never fall lower. Exactly. So if you do that, then, hey, you're back in the running for these guys. Mm-hmm. So the quarterback recruiting process probably isn't completely dead for the 24 class. I wouldn't hold my breath for anything or anybody earth shattering. Mm-hmm. But what you do is you, like I said, go back to the fundamentals, go back to the basics and make sure you stay in the running for these top guys by, hey, Winning games. <laughs> That's pretty important. Novel concept. You know, winning games solves a lot of things. I don't think 
they're going to flip any quarterbacks. You know, a lot of people no. are saying, oh, go back to Danny Kalen, try to focus on him and get him to flip from Missouri. Based on everything he's been posting and the way that he's been peer recruiting, I don't see any way that he flips from Missouri, especially after knowing, you know, the only reason that Nebraska is going back to him is because their, their number one choice of a prom date said no. Um, Literally. I, I don't know what, you know, is in the young man's head or how he's thinking, but to me, if I were in his shoes, I'm I'm not going back to somebody after they get told no by their their number one choice. I'm like, oh, well, I wasn't good enough for you to focus on before, but now all of a sudden after you get shut down, now you want to come crawling back to me. Nah, I'm, I'm going here where I was wanted before. It, it might work if Daniel Kalen is the, the jealous attention-seeking type, which it doesn't seem like he no. is. I know those Bellevue West guys have great heads on their shoulders, and they do everything for the right they reason. They are fantastic people. Um, but if Daniel Built Kalen... different. Uh, yes. <laughs> BD at BW. Um, <laughs> anyways, if Daniel Kalen really, really was dead set on going to Nebraska, and then he committed to Missouri to make Nebraska jealous, mm-hmm. and then you know they don't get right, like, okay, so now now they're really gonna want me and need me. Then he decommits, he comes to Nebraska. Mm. Doesn't seem like that's the approach the young man is taking. Yeah, the only way I see him ending up at Nebraska is if Drinkwitz gets fired, which is a possibility and somebody on the text line says uh breezy breezy scott says keep recruiting dylan uh it's not over it's over it's over it's over Uh, this isn't the office it's not dating isn't married it's not engaged isn't married he's going to georgia yeah no he's 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 not decommitting from georgia and and committing to nebraska that's not happening the only way you you possibly get him is if he decides to transfer out of georgia at whatever point in his career uh, that's the only way Nebraska has a chance of getting him. If you give uh, him Matt Rule's total money over three years, <laughs> that might work. I thought you might but. you might decommit. He might decommit commit to Nebraska, but that's that's probably not going to happen. I don't think you that know shouldn't happen. outside of you know McClellan, maybe some other quarterback we haven't heard of yet. To me, I think that they shift their focus to the twenty five class. I think they focus mm-hmm. on Stone Saunders, who they yep. brought in multiple times. I don't think they bring in a twenty four quarterback if they're looking for. Uh, a backup that they feel confident in. Maybe they go into the transfer portal. If not, the way that they've been talking about Heinrich Harburg and Chubba Purdy uh, seems like they're pretty confident with those two backing up Jeff Sims. Again, the door isn't closed for Logan Smothers. He can come back if he wants to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be number two right off the bat when he comes back. I don't know if he'll be number three, where he'll where he'll fit into the fray in that quarterback room. But I do know that Jeff Sims needs to stay healthy if Nebraska wants any chance at being competitive in the Big Ten this com- this upcoming season. because And next season. Without, yeah. I, if he has a really good season, does he consider leaving? I, it, let me, I'll go first. I don't think he would because this quarterback class is stacked and there's no way he goes over the fourth or fifth round if he enters the NFL draft this year, regardless of whatever kind of season he has because of the guys who have been hyped up and who have had very good seasons leading up to this one. I agree with you. He should stay. There's a part of my brain, though, that wonders, again, I've made this comparison. I have to go back to it. Not Mm -hmm. because I think he is, but because I think he could be. Mm -hmm. Is he Anthony Richardson? Does the NFL Mm. fall in love with the tools, with the traits, he has more starting experience already than Richardson ever did mm-hmm. at Florida. If he takes that step forward to a you know sixty three to sixty five percent completion rate for yep. twenty seven hundred to three thousand yards, and he shows some wheels on top of it, takes care of the ball, he could play his way into the Anthony Richardson conversation. Not saying he goes you know 
as QB3 behind Caleb Williams and Drake May. Yeah. What I'm saying is the NFL has talked itself into worse athletes and drafted them higher. So if Jeff Sims has the year that, you know, his his physical abilities say he's, you know, capable of having, I'm not saying he should go. I'm saying there's a chance he would because the NFL would be all over him. Especially think about the narrative too. Oh, he was the one that put Nebraska on his back on his shoulders or back in the bowl game yeah. year one. There would be a lot, a lot of wins, you know, pushing behind him to blow him out the door. Um, so you said that comparing him to Anthony Richardson, I knew, I knew I saw this somewhere. I didn't know if I had dreamed it or imagined it. <laughs> uh, on three has an article saying, uh, let me, I'll just read the headline and every, you guys can go find this if you want. This is on, on three new Nebraska quarterback. Jeff Sims has quote, you ready for this? Got some Hendon hooker to him. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know, a struggling ACC quarterback at Virginia Tech transferred to a, a traditional power in Tennessee, and you see what happened there. A struggling ACC quarterback at Georgia Tech transfers for a traditional power in Nebraska. Could this, you know, lead to this or what, you know, this and that? And if that happens, I, Lincoln is burning down because of how good this team is and how good Jeff Sims is playing. Yeah. There's no, there's no way Nebraska can handle going from four wins to going to, what did they win, 10, 11 games? Mm-hmm. Having a Heisman finalist almost if he doesn't mm-hmm. get injured yep. and, and having a chance at making a college football playoff in one year. Now, Tennessee was better than Nebraska was last season, the season before they got Hendon Hooker. Tennessee was older. They have more talent. Yeah, so there is all of that to it. But if Jeff Sims... Does come in, do you know? Maybe has a, a a decent year, stays that stays for a second year. I I'm not gonna say I can see Hendon Hooker, but I can see a growth with this team being led by Jeff Sims for two seasons, as opposed to just coming in leading them to one successful season and then bouncing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's I think the the goal. But isn't this the same conversation we had about Casey Thompson last year? Yes, I think it's similar. Where if he comes in, has a good year, that's why again. Not saying at the end of last season, I'm saying before, when we just got Casey Thompson out of the transfer portal, we just heard about it. The goal then was, can you get Chubba Purdy? Can you let him sit behind Casey Thompson for a year to develop into mm-hmm. the next guy? Because if Casey Thompson has a good year, well, maybe he's a fringe NFL draft pick. If he has a bad or you know average year, then he's probably back. And Chubba Purdy becomes a little you know unnecessary to some degree. But hey, maybe two years of seasoning wouldn't be the worst for him. Mm-hmm. Casey Thompson had a fine year. Perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't think anyone saw him transferring again like what ended up happening, but I don't think any Husker fan has seen anything over the last decade (laughs) that's come to pass. If you have, my goodness, you have some messed up dreams, people. Yeah, that would be kind of sad. And I just want to, before we head to a break, I just want to address Craig on the text line, who's very upset for whatever reason. Typical ticket spew. Keep talking about skill positions and failing to remember the offense and defensive lines still suck, 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 suck. Sims will be injured soon. Coach Raiola gets fired. Think logically, not hope and pray. Now, we didn't say anything about them being great. We were reading from an on three article that says that Jeff Sims has some Hendon Hooker to him. And we were saying, if this is to happen, then this is to happen. I didn't give you any type of, of, of win-loss. I didn't say Nebraska would be in the playoff or Nebraska would compete for a Big Ten title. Because I don't think they will. I think they'll be better than last year. I don't know what that means in terms of a win-loss record. I know the offensive line has struggled. I know the defensive line has struggled. 
They've got a lot of nice skill position players. They've got a they've got a extremely athletic quarterback. They've got some solid wide receivers, a very young wide receiver room. Um, if both tight ends are able to play, they've got probably the best tight end room in the Big Ten. Some solid running backs. A lot of skill position players with some high upside. The offensive and defensive lines need to get better. Everybody at this station has been saying that the entire year and this entire offseason. We're not trying to show you the light that will be Nebraska making it to a bowl game regardless of whatever type of players they bring in. We're just trying to say, if this, then this. If this, then this. If Nebraska wants to make it to a bowl game, they are going to need a lot out of Jeff Sims. If they want to see a lot out of Jeff Sims, they are going to need a much improved offensive line. Craig, McCauley, buddy, you seem like you need a pat on the back. You're right. The offensive line, the defensive line do need to improve. Make sure you keep listening to 93.7 The Ticket and get the whole conversation. You know, you just heard that little segment, but like Rico said, all offseason it's been offensive line has to be better. And I think inherent in assuming that a quarterback takes that next step and has growth is a good offensive line. We all understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with that we're gonna go to our crossover we'll bring strick in as he's walking around the building keeps staring at me through the windows so up next crossover eric strickland joins maybe we get a little nba maybe we talk a little uh, little more recruiting we'll see what happens when he stops in download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are more of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.